Hello everyone and welcome to What, what Would, Would Keating, Keating Do? A question we've been asking a lot lately, Anna. Well, Greg, I have some opinions on this and I'm sure you do too, but I don't think our opinions are going to agree. No, I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, look at us. We're two, we're two bogan lefties sitting here in rural Queensland. You know? Two middle-aged bogan lefties, thank you very much. And I, I disagree with the term bogan, thank you very much. Oh! I, I don't agree that I'm a bogan, although you might hear the country accent. I am, in fact, a Westie, being from New South Wales. Ah, see. See, up here we didn't really have bogans or Westies, you know, we... Although my parents would be horrified to hear me say that. But no matter what their pretensions to education, I grew up in uh, a poor school and unfortunately your schoolmates are more of an influence than your parents. I want to touch on that for a sec because both of us had the benefit of a state and federal education. We did. Um, now I didn't actually get the university degree, the free university degree, which, you know, thank you Goff, all hail Goff, uh, brought in and was one of the first things that uh, I think the Howard government couldn't wait to get rid of along with the renewable energy group. Yes, so I was. I did not get the free university degree. In fact, John Howard got in in my second year, and it all went downhill from there. There you go. Mm. I bet. Now, what would Keating do? He would have been a bit upset with that, wouldn't he? Because he he received the education. He uh, did. Mm. He did. Along with a lot of actually a lot of LNP ministers who actually backed that vote through. Of course. Your hockeys, Morrison's. Yep. All got the free education. They did. Mm. And simply set about dismantling the system so no one could come up from behind and knock them off their perch. Deliberate strategy. Of course. Ooh. You know, this, this show is less than three minutes old and already we've got our first big conspiracy. I love conspiracies. <laughs> the trouble is, like all, <clears throat> all things, some conspiracies are actually true and it's sifting the wheat from the chaff that's the tricky bit. Yes, yeah, so what's the old saying? It's actually not paranoia if they actually really are out to get you. Sometimes they really are out to get they you. They really are. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so what would Keating do? So what? <clears throat> I'm, looking, I'm looking through the lens of the past now. So now Keating was Prime Minister from... Are you asking me names and dates, Greg? Okay. You should know better. Righto. So we know he was in the 90s. <laughs> the 90s. No, it must have been earlier than that as well. Surely he was treasurer in the 80s at some point. Oh, he was a treasurer for a very long time because That's he right. was—he was the <clears throat> the author of the statement, the recession. We had to have. We had to have. Also, the author of the uh, Banana Republic statement, and I do recall buying my father for Father's Day one year because my father was a big fan of Paul Keating, uh, particularly as a wordsmith, and there was a book of Keating quotes, his, his zingers, his oh. zingers. And the little book was shaped like a banana. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Has he still got the book? I don't know. I haven't been home for many, many years. But, you know, my mm. parents don't throw anything away, so I'd assume so. Hmm. I'll, um, we'll have to make inquiries. Oh, it's coming to me in, my, in the will. In the sure. will, okay. Sure. Have we got that sort of time as a question? <laughs> I have to ask you. But I may I, be able to get it on eBay, but okay. that might be quicker than waiting for my parents to die. I think that's something Keating would do. He would, um, he would just, you know, source it from somewhere else. Is... Well, a very practical man, really. 
I, I grew I, up in Bankstown, so also mm. officially a Westie. Thank you. Technically. Technically. So, an educated Westie. Yes. The son of a tram driver, I think. Uh, was our Paul? I don't know. But a scrapper. Was a scrapper. And that, that comes out. So speaking of quotes, I have, I have here a collection. And what book's that from? This is from a, a Philip Adams, Backstage Politics. Um, and it was actually Edna Carew's book on Keating, published in 1988. 1988. With the opposition's collection of terms Paul used when referring to them in Parliament. Harlots, sleazebags, frauds, immoral cheats. Blackguards, pigs, mugs, clowns, boxheads, criminal intellects was a favourite of mine. Corporate crooks, friends of tax cheats, brain damage, loopy crims, stupid foul mouth grub, piece of criminal garbage, dullard, stupid mindless alley cat. Bunyip aristocracy was a favourite of mine too. I quite like that one. Uh, it goes on. A swill, pigsty, liberal muck, vile constituency. Anything that you can add to that? Well, it doesn't sound like much has changed. No, no. No. It, uh, champion liar, ghouls, barnyard bullies, insane stupidities. It really hasn't changed much, has it? No, it really hasn't. Except those clowns are now in charge and have been for quite some time. They have. Hmm. How are they doing, Greg? Oh, I think they're knocking it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to be serious, but you know, <laughs> that's not just not going to work. I've just, I've just looked down at my book. Perfume gigolos, gutless spew, glib rubbish, tripe and drivel, thugs of Australian politics, constitutional vandals. I quite like gutless spew. Gutless spew. Mm. I like constitutional vandals. Because it, it, it suggests, you know, the spew has come out of the guts and therefore gutless. Mm. You know. Very good. Mm. Not, a, not a spew with vigour, right? A sad little dribble of a spew. Mm. Not a chunder. A spit. Definitely not a chunder. A chunder has vigour. A chunder has chunks. A chunder has been immortalised in song. Yeah. Yes. Barry McKenzie, I think it was. Mm. But uh, I was thinking of uh, Men at Work, I think. Oh, Land Down Under, of course. Mm. Mm. Chunder. Two songs with chunder. There you go. I just want to make make a note here. By the end of his second term as Prime Minister, the Roger's Theosaurus of Insults would be ten times the length and far more inventive. So he matured into his insulting, insulting role, I suppose you could say, as he, as he well, basically his, his most famous line directed at John Hewson was? At John Hewson? I don't know. I'm going to do you slowly, mate. Ah, yes, I'm going to do you slowly. Yes. Mm. To the accompaniment of laughter from behind him. Hmm. Mm. So. My favourite uh, quote, I guess, from the banana-shaped book, was uh, directed at John Howard. A man that Keating loathed and despised. Yes. And the one man that he didn't want to lose to. That hurt him more than I think. I'm yeah. sure. But he described John Howard as a shiver looking for a spine to run up. Yes. Yes. It yes describes the man perfectly, I think. Although, you know, once he's come out of politics, it seems like he has... You know, a Ca- bit more calmed? spine. Yes. And calm down, yeah, for sure. Mm. Become a little elder statesman-like. In that, looking back through the lens mm. of time, mm. back at that particular time in politics and Australia as a, as a nation, we've, we've come off the 80s 
we have. Big hair, big shoulders, big everything. We had the Crocodile Dundee, the Yahoo Sirius, you know, like Reckless Kelly. The world was watching us and we gave them a show. Don't forget Ken Doan. Oh. Who like, could forget who Ken Who could Doan? forget Ken Doan? Yes. Well, no one because, you know, his publicity was everywhere. He was tea Ooh. towels, belt buckles, T-shirts, caps, pens, stickers, you know. Yeah, Ken Doan. Ken Doan was Australia in the 80s. That was, that was it. You couldn't. You couldn't walk into a kitchen without Kendone. You couldn't surpass a jacket without a Kendone. Duna. Every Beach tourist towel. shop was full of Kendone. Kendone, yes. yes. T-shirts. We, we went to Sydney in the late 80s in a school excursion and we went to the tourist shops in Darling Harbour. Kendone everywhere. Just everywhere. Mm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's faded to a shadow of his former self as well as our Ken. He did appear here. He was up here um, in, uh, in our neck of the woods. He was, he was. In but, March, I think. But, yeah. you know, I guess um, he's had his 15 minutes of fame and he did exploit it. In fact, he's had more than his 15 minutes of fame as an artist, really. Ken done very well. He did very well. Now, marketing genius is a term that's run around when we talk about Ken Doan because he did have a marketing background, as does a certain current Prime Minister. Indeed. Well, he claims to have a marketing background. Well, no, he has a marketing background. That's true. He has worked in marketing. Mm. He got sacked from marketing jobs, but he has worked in marketing. That's like, I've worked in retail, but I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> it's like, I, I may have walked on a running track or, you know, I've stood on the hallowed sanctuary turf of Lang Park, but that does not make me a state of origin footballer. No, this is true. This is true. So looking back through the lens of the past and looking at the current political crop we have, the words I think Keating would use would be a celebration of mediocrity. A celebration of mediocrity. A celebration of mediocrity. And why do you say that, Greg? Do you want me to name names on the political spectrum here? We, we, the, the premise of this particular show, and, the, and this being our first show, and hello everybody who's listening for the first time, and I don't know how far we go with this or where it'll end up, but this started from a conversation Anna and I were having about the next election. Surely this group of idiots cannot get voted back in. The current LNP party cannot get voted, in, voted back in, right? They lucked it at the last election. They lucked it. No, they didn't luck it. It was bad luck that they won. They didn't want to win. I don't think they did, but I think Clive pushed them over the line with the uh, the Queensland campaign. You know, I feel like we should be shouting Clive's name a bit like you shout the name Newman and shaking your fist, mm. going Clive or Palmer. Pa oh, that's better. Two syllables. Palmer. Palmer. So they've got in, and this is notable historically because because. The LNP have, throughout the decades, created many economic disasters, but they've never had their hands on the steering wheel of government when one has blown up in their face. Well, they set a bomb off, didn't they? They normally set bombs off yes. and then skip out, leaving yes. Labor to clean up the mess. Yes. Um, and we can, we can delve into that in later shows, the, the number of times that's happened. It's and, traditional. Uh, and then sit back on the backbench, laughing and crowing and saying, we're better economic managers... We're better economic managers, labour, tax and spend, tax and spend, which is uh, lawns they've obviously borrowed from the Republicans, you know, who, who sort of use it with devastating effect on the Democrats over the years. 
So, you know, why, why get rid of something that works? So we just, we just Australianise it. So we've, we've sat there off times and argued and we've, we've tossed ideas backward and forwards. And we discussed the next election and what Labor must do to win the next election. Do they, though, and this is the question that, that popped up, do they really want to win the next election? See, I don't believe they do. And now we have some controversy, folks. Mm. Because I think they do only because you don't spend your life working your way through the Labor ranks, rank and file. You don't spend your life towing the party line to get so near to the top than to sit back with your arms folded and say, no, thanks. I'll just sit here earning a backbencher salary. Happy days. But I can see what you're saying, which is... Which is that we have unrestrained climate change bearing down upon us, which means more disasters for Australia. Now, disasters, natural disasters, Australia is, uh, what would you call it, used to natural disasters. We are, no, no, on the world stage, I'd like to say, if we're not gold medals, we're definitely bronze silver contenders when it comes to disaster. We, we do... You know, we do a good disaster, mm. right. But the trouble is, they're expensive bastards. They're, it's a bit like hosting the Olympic Games. A disaster costs money. Mm. And if we have disaster after disaster after disaster, it costs a lot of money. And not just cash. It costs time and energy and focus when we could be doing other things. Uh, some among us would actually say lives um, is also a thing that is lost. Lives are a minor detail, I'm afraid. Money's the thing. Mm. Money's the thing. But disasters are good for the economy. The rebuilding, uh, the rebuilding that, that, that comes after disaster, you know? The, the... A disaster can be good for the economy, I agree, if you've got time to rebuild. Or if you've got a government that's actually prepared to put money into that disaster, you know? So, so at this stage, we're, what, nearly a year off anniversary of the bushfires from that's last right. year? The, the fire the, season's already started. The in Morrison fires of um, yes. 2019-20. Um, I can't hold a hose, mate, I think was the statement he made from Hawaii. The, the Hawaii holiday yeah. fires, Where, yes. Where's, where's the PM? We don't know, we don't know, we don't know, and he's in Hawaii. Of course he is. Yes. Because that's where we all go when we've got a disaster at home. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> again, we can touch on that in later shows because I'd love to pull that apart more. So, not only do we have climate change... Right, causing us lots of disasters. Mm. But we also have uh, the talk of 2020 has, of course, been coronavirus. And oh, really? I haven't heard much about that. You hadn't that heard a, much about that? Is that still that? a thing? Mm, mm, mm. It's a bit of a nasty disease. Mm. Yes, yes. I, I heard it was just going to go away miraculously. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. Well, that's a pity because, um, yeah, I sort of, I think we all so, have hopes pinned on that. So, and then thirdly, you have to remember that the world economy had never really recovered from the global financial crisis. The cracks had been papered over. This is the 2008. That's right. Yep, disaster. 2009? Yes. 2008. 2008, I think it was. Right. Yeah, so, well, but, you know, all those executives did get their bonuses from of the government. Of course, Wall Street, Wall Street you know, got which bailed is, which out. Which was great for the Ferrari dealers, uh, luxury yacht, you know, salesmen. That was, um, you know, that market boomed. Of course, the subprime mortgage disaster. disaster. Yes. But the cracks have just been papered over and the fundamentals of the world economy were just not there. And so you've got those, that triple whammy so that coronavirus hits demand 
and the world economy tanks because the cracks are there. And as soon as demand slips, the cracks spring wide open. And this is probably the, the topic for another show. If, you know, I should be taking How notes. many topics do you have? Uh, many, many, many topics. This you know, could take some time, viewers. This, this, this really could. But, but I come back to we have in power a group of people who have traditionally stood back and never had to have answers for a disaster, who have never had to come up with solutions other than... Well, they take no responsibility in their personal lives, let alone in their public life. Are we, I'm, I'm thinking Barnaby here is, 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 a, is a... Barnaby did come to the front of my mind, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> the tomato-shaped face. Yeah. So, so, but I, I it's not a to, pleasant image, Greg. I come back to the, the, the traditional standpoint of the LNP was, is trickle-down economics. This, is, this was the Reaganomics, we call this. This is a, if you give money to the wealthy, it will trickle down. In much the same way as if you serve the rich a banquet, these scraps will fall to the poor, you know, groveling around at their feet on the, you know... I always felt that trickle-down economics was someone pissing on me from a great height. Mm. What, what we discovered, though, was it didn't trickle down to the poor. It sort of trickled sort of across to the Cayman Islands or to um, other tax havens. Yes, there wasn't much of a trickle at all, really. So what, what we did learn, and, and I know, and, and as, as loath as I am to admit this, Howard was actually right when he did the thing. Howard was what? Yeah, I know. But he actually, when he gave money, when he gave money to the poorest... To actually, because what do the poor do with money? But Rudd did that in the global financial crisis. Well, I how, don't recall how, how did, doing how it. did it with the baby bonus? Oh, the baby bonus, the one that I missed out on. Yeah, you really got um, gypped. I in. got yeah. gypped. We got no free education, no baby bonus. No, no, Gen X's, you know, perennial problem is that we just miss out on all of the good shit. Like retirement pension, like that's the other thing. Yeah, we don't all get. of that. We'll have to work till we die. That's how it is. Mm. Yes. We have quite a nihilistic view of the world. That's the only way you survive this, I suppose. But, I, but the baby bonus, the or the Harvey Norman, you know, flat screen TV bonus, as I think is what it was colloquially called. In the... It was, yes. But by the time I had my giant son... Mm. You didn't have a giant TV set, though? No, 900 bucks we got. It was enough to pay our rent for a month. Mm. Terrific. Mm. So moving on from that, Rudd did the stimulus package... So he gave money to not the corporatocracy. He didn't give it to the billionaires. He actually gave it to to the poor, fanned it out across. Yes. Well, we actually got that. Yes. And Uncle Kevin gave us money and told it it was our civic duty to spend it. And? We did. So did we. Yeah. I did try to buy some Australian-made products. I I actually invested quite a lot of it in wool quilts for us. I'm and they, shaking they my head here because time. you and your damn ethics, you know, like... Ethics, ethics, ethics are a terrible uh, it's a disability. It's, a des- it's, it's not a disability, it's a curse. Mate. A curse. You need to really deal with that. Because you really could have gone places without those ethics holding you back. That's true. I like to think I've gone better places. Hmm. You could have been up there with Barnaby and ScoMo and, you know, all the... Other fun Stuart not, Roberts? They're not faces I want to see next to me in bed, Greg. Pauline? No. 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 <laughs> no, that's not a face I want to wake up to next to either. That's, no. Uh, no. Really not my thing. No, no. No. So, moving on. So, I, I come back to, we have the LNP now, they've got their hands on the wheel of government, disaster has struck, and they've sprung into action by doing... Nothing. Well... Maybe, maybe the nothing is a great pause where they've, they've taken the deep breath in, a step back before 
leaping forward to do... Nothing. No? Giving money to... Oh, giving money to Rupert Murdoch, but they do that anyway. And? Twiggy Gina, Forrest and Gina. Twiggy and, and, but they do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's but, but, just business as usual. What mm. pisses me off is these giant announcements of $2 billion for bushfire relief, etc., etc., and then they don't actually spend it. Where has that money gone? It just hasn't been spent. It's just been announced. It's not, it's not lining anyone's pockets. It's a traditional technique of government to make a big announcement of X amount of millions of dollars, but they know that they're going to make the conditions so difficult that it's never going to get spent. So they can have the impression that they're spending money, but actually they've also got the good economic money manager's business of not spending it at all. Yes, that's... That's um... how you balance the budget. Now, of course, modern monetary theory shows that balancing a budget is a load of hogwash anyway. Especially when you can print your own money. Well, that's right. But then you don't want to, you want to avoid the horror of galloping inflation, you know, as we... As no, we... no, 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 no. There's, there's plenty of ways to avoid that these days. You know, we, we don't need to have wheelbarrows full of cash to buy a loaf of bread. There's plenty of ways. Inflation is so low at the moment. In fact, it's holding things back. It may go into negative territory. So printing money would probably be an excellent move at this point. Hmm. The sort of thing a Labor government would do. What would Keating do, do you think, in this situation? Well, he wouldn't put up with Morrison working two days a week. Hmm. I was thinking more about the economy, economic sort of, uh, what, would, what would Paul do? So this is a man that famously called the recession. The great, was it 87, 88, the recession? The recession we had to have. The recession we had to have. Mm. Yeah. I've got a horrible feeling this is going to be another topic altogether because this is, this is one that gets wheeled out time and time again when the uh, historians of the marketing side of the LNP go into overdrive. Um, technically, they sort of basically show that Labor has traditionally always run deficits. I, I would always make the case that they've run deficits because that's what they've been left to run. They haven't had a choice. The wheels have, the wheels have basically fallen off the wagon as the, the car keys were handed over of government. Here you go, welcome to the lodge, and oh, by the way, your car's on fire. Right. Mm. So I, we come back to our original point, which is that Labor doesn't want to win the next election because you think about it, two years from now, the world economy, COVID, I don't believe will be over. I'm not sure that we will have an effective vaccine. See, I'm more hopeful there. Well, let's assume we don't have a, a, an effective vaccine in two years' time. By the time of the federal election, we don't have a, an effective vaccine. That's actually quite a depressing thought. Well, it, it's, it's possibly going to be what... The case will be, but I, I let's like, just run the scenario up the flagpole, shall we? I, I would, I would just all right. I, I would actually say when when this first blew out, uh, March April, mm. and we were watching the the figures coming out of Italy. Yes, um, the figures in Spain, the body count was horrendous. Yes, and we knew in China that you know, in spite of the official figures, uh, we knew it was bad. That's right. The planes were still landing here, full of. People who just sort of getting off these planes and going, I, I feel a little bit off colour. Does anybody else feel a little bit feverish today? Yes, I came back from America with a cough. Remember yes. that? Oh, how could we ever forget that? <laughs> and then I couldn't get tested for months. Yes. So, mm. so we had initially a lot to worry about, especially as the people in power. Our Prime Minister was basically, as the states were looking at shutting down, he was announcing he was going to the football 
And I think the massive Hillsong Church Conference uh, was on the, that weekend. That's right, the Hillsong Conference. And the Rugby so League they, World Finals or something. Cup, they big... put quarantine in after the Hillsong Conference. How convenient. But the state shut down um, in the face, literally slammed the door in the face of the federal government. That's it, right. So that was a, an amazing time where we actually saw, and for those of us who have, and, and I'm one of them, I've always said, I've, I've always believed the states were a, a giant waste of money. I did too. I thought with modern technology, we really didn't need them. But I've changed my mind considerably. Oh, I, I think a lot of us have. Um, we I've decided that they're actually a very important check and balance in in uh, crisis times. In in fact, the only check and balance because the Labor opposition has been... So the federals are a check on the states, but the states are a check on the feds as well. Hmm. Hmm. That, so that was a that was a wake up call to a lot of us. Yeah, um, for sure. So the value of state governments. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, except for when you're standing in the Department of Main Roads, and um, you know, you, you you could happily you know, <laughs> nuke the whole lot of them. But um, it's not their fault. It's the system. It's the system. That's that's just yeah. Another topic. We'll talk about that later. Oh my god. Yeah, I really should be writing all these down. Anyway, we we go on. We, I, I do. I've digressed. So we have. COVID has turned up. Yes. The PM has gone from, you know, like announcing, I'm going to the football this weekend. Happy days, everyone. Let's keep the economy going because what's more important, the health of your population or... Money. Money. And the answer to that question, as we've discovered, and it's been highlighted again and again and again in the last few months... The LNP are about money. They always have been. So they're saying, and their justification is, is without a good economy, a solid economy... We can't have health services. And I think we both agreed on this one. If your population isn't healthy, they're not spending money. If your population can't go back to work, they're certainly not spending money. If There are no cogs in the capitalist machine without your workers, are there? That's the other thing we've learned. Yes. The grease. <laughs> the grease that keeps the economy going. Yeah. The, the plucky billionaires have, have practically disappeared off the map. Except for... Palmer, who's, you know, suing the Western Australian government into oblivion, or trying to sue them into oblivion, but can't find 10 cents for his unemployed workers up in Townsville, you know, that he owed them all that money for. Yes, he's a, slipper, he's a slippery bugger, that one. Oh, you've got to feel a bit sorry for him. You know, Why? We could have had Why should a, I feel sorry for him? We could have man. had a bit of a whip round to help the poor old fella out, you know, because he's, 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 he's the last of the dinosaurs, you know. He's, he's, it's the last roar of that, that particular dinosaur, you know, the white head, brown paper bag, white shoe brigade... You know, the good old boys, the, you know, when we got things done in this state, basically by trashing the environment, human rights, um, criminal codes, the constitution, if it had to be, but good old days. Yes, the good old days are rarely as good as people remember them. So I come back to, do Labor want to win the next election? Well, if I was Labor leader, and listeners, you want to be thankful that I'm not, I wouldn't want to win the next election. In fact, why would you bother winning the next election when the LNP are kicking so many own goals to give them another give them another term in office, another say six years, and they will have disintegrated completely. On that, I my biggest fear is they will morph into something worse if given another Ah, the season. fascists, you see. Well, not so much fascist, but just we're we're currently, I I, and I'm going to use this word 
in its truest sense, I'm currently appalled at the level of un or inaccountability that we've we've seen the death of the press in this country. True. And but that's even, partly Keating's fault. I know. What would Keating do? Why, Paul? Why did you do that? Well, if he wanted to stay in power, he had to do what Murdoch told him. I, I, Keating doesn't strike me as a sort of man that would do what Murdoch would tell him to do. Oh, but he needed, he needed to keep him at bay. I think mm. that's what they had. They, I think they had a gentleman's agreement. Well, neither of them are a gentleman. No. No, a street fighter and a thug, basically. Yeah. Pretty much. Yes, but... But they... those media ownership laws were important and they, they got eroded, not just by Keating, but they got eroded and eroded and eroded to the point where we now have the situation in Queensland where almost all of our regional papers have, have vanished because they all got bought up, they all got assets stripped progressively to the point where they couldn't report any news at all. And then when they weren't making any money anymore, they got closed down. Mm. So they have ruined 100 years of history all up and down the Queensland coast. And it needs to build up again. It's, and that's not easy. We, we have papers and we still have journalists. Do we? Well, we do, but they're they're not asking the questions. They're not they're not digging in. And well, I just don't think you're a journalist if you're not asking hard questions. Isn't that the job of a journalist? It is, but the ones that do those questions are being ignored. When you have a prime minister who can actually actively say on TV, "I don't accept the premise of your question." Well, you see, and, and that's then walks a, away, that's or, right. or doesn't even show. That's right. So refuses that's a, to turn up on your show. That's a Trump. That's a Trump straight out of the Trump playbook. How is that good for the? How is that good for democracy? It's not good for democracy. Mm. But I find myself in, you know, as you know, I work for a small environmental group, and I find myself playing the role of reporter, because no one else will report these things. Hmm. And I, I suppose looking down with the prism of the future into that into that lens, if Labor in power. Then they've learnt that they don't have to answer questions either. And if, That's right. and if they just wait two days, the media cycle will move on to the next whatever, stuff up, you know, disaster, whatever, and no accountability. There's no accountability. Mm. No, but there's no federal ICAC either. Yes, that is definitely a topic for another show. True. We um, we really need to pull that one apart. And I, and I think I think if um, the, the thing is they they are bipartisan. That neither Labor or well, at this stage, neither Labor nor the LNP want a federal ICAC. No, of course they don't. That because they would, they would get held to account. Mm. Why would you want to get held to account? Yeah. When you well, can get away with, you know, you can get away with um, well, all of the things they get away with. Giving $80 million to a water fund, for example, that, yeah, Angus Taylor's, the whole Great Barrier Reef Foundation situation. You know, thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Malcolm. Oh, and, and you know, and if you're listening to this as a podcast, folks, and you, you're looking at your screen buffering now, just thank you, Malcolm, for the fibre to the barbed wire um, system that you set up because Rupert didn't want it. NBN. NBN. Do you know, I was going to, if there was going to be a cable up the middle of my the street that I'm on, you know I'm on a fairly major road, 
there was going to be one of those massive cables up the middle of that street because I have the plans when we bought the house. The plans, they gave us the plans. Happy days. Happy High days. High speed internet. I, I was going to have the fastest internet on the block because I would have a cable from the big cable. Happy days. You know what I've got instead? I have flood-affected copper wire. Hmm. Mm. Not happy days. Not happy days because whenever my or teenage a... son is downloading some horrendous game... I can't get on to my emails, let alone anything else. So, thank you, Malcolm. Malcolm. Hmm. Yes. Now, back to the topic. Did we have a topic? What was <laughs> our topic? <laughs> Labor don't want to win the next election. So, no, 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 no. And I, and I slurred a little bit then, um, but I didn't mean to. So we're not. We're actually drinking, which is that's probably what's wrong. That's true. Perhaps we should have a vodka and coke or something. Well, I, I, I would crack a red wine, and, and I, but but I, I actually want to be sober for the first show. So at least we can point, you know, as this as this turns into a dumpster fire down the track, we can point back to look at how good we were on that first show. We could, we could, yes. Or or we could just have a drink now. <laughs> Possibly not. <laughs> Possibly just, not. Just on that though. We have Albanese, Anthony Albanese. Yes. In power at the moment. Now, I used to like Albo. I thought he oh, had a bit of fire. Oh, that's a big call. I thought he had a bit of fire, because a bit we, of ticker. We had, we had this discussion around Shorten. Mm. And, and, and with the jury was out because he's either creating a small target they couldn't hit or he just doesn't feel like getting into a fight. Now, he's an AWU man. Now, and I'm, I'm next... Union delegate. I was with the AWU, and it was nicknamed the Australian Workers Union or Australia's weakest union. Well, I'm a member. They've always done the right thing by me. Yes, and as a delegate, locally, 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 and no, as, as the, a delegate, the, yeah. the, you know, the national membership might be a different story. But but locally, when I've had a problem, they've always been very helpful. So so Bill Bill never struck me as a secretary of the AWU as someone that I would happily go into battle behind. And there's a generation of us that think that way because we're the Generation Xs. You know, we, we grew up with the World War II people, the boomers, the, you know... Our well, parents who the were great, selfish. The greatest, the greatest generation and the, the boomers. Then the, boomers the boomers are our parents and, uh, and they are, by and large, an extremely selfish pack of bastards. That's definitely another topic. <laughs> I love how you lick your lips when you say that about boomers, though. That is nice. We I, have... I have a lot of teenage angst to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think this is the vehicle for that, though? Like, you know, therapy could be... Uh, uh... No, actually, no, this is probably the... the it's place great to... material. Just go for it. It's great material. Why so, would you waste great good material? So we have we have that, that fixation in their minds, like, who would you follow into battle? Um... This is get this. You're going well, to love this. Well, that depends on the battle. You're sure. going to love this. I would follow Tony Abbott in the battle because a man's a psychopath. He only knows. I was going to say he's nuts. He's nuts. <laughs> That's the guy you want. That's the guy you want out the front. You know, follow me, boys. What do you do? Hand him a bag of onions and, and pull his away feet you up go. His bum? Away what, you what go. Away you go. You know, like and and let him loose, folks. You know, put reins on his ears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want that edited out, by the way. So whoever does that, don't. Ed I, I like that. But I look at ScoMo. No, I, I'm not following a marketing genius. Alleged air quotes that you can't see me making the air quotes. I'm not following a marketing genius into battle. Um, Hawkey. You know, if we if we look back on our generation, we we had Robert John Hawke. You know? Wasn't he most famous for the yard glass thing? You know, he could yeah. drink like a. 
you know, a fisherman Drink, who'd been swear, away for six months. You know, cheated on his wife. He, he was, he was, a man's man. He was a man's words. man, you know. Yes. Yeah. He was only four that was foot. A, he was a bloke. He was only four foot tall, but that didn't stop him. Oh, mate. But he had, he had charisma. He had great hair is what he had. Loved the hawk hair. Can't see it making a comeback anytime soon, but... Terrific hair. Terrific hair. Now... And that's important in a leader, don't you think? Terrific hair? Uh, I think it helps. I think it really does. Uh, I think it certainly helped Donald. It certainly helped Donald, yes. I couldn't imagine a fat, bald Trump. It's not... You know, let's say it's not terrific hair, Trump's hair, but it's memorable. Yes, like it's it's about to leap off his head and sing a song, you know, burst into song in front of a microphone, you know. Yeah, or some form of alien life. Go with that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, actually, you know, thinking about that. Definitely another topic. But we have, we have, looking back through that lens of those people, you've Gareth Evans, you know, these, these were people. Far too smart a man to ever be in politics, that man. But, but these were the people. These were the sons of workers, the daughters of workers. Yes. Who were given the free education, who were given the chance to step up to show what Labor could do. Labor, Labor, Labor was born on the back of fairness. Labor was born on the back of education. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. They believed, they believed in education. Everywhere we go with our foreign, like foreign aid, when we educate poor people, what happens? What's, what's the ramifications of education? When you educate poor women, they have less children. Yes. Number one. They don't do stupid things. Well, they do less stupid things, but yes. yes. Education doesn't stop you doing stupid things. Look at the LMP. Hmm. Best education money can buy, and look at them. And that's, that's sort of got me wondering, too, about the value of <laughs> university education. Ah, but you've got to understand that when they... Those private educations are a bubble because mm. they're a bubble of wealthy people. So, uh, so the, as the English would say, it's a gathering of the chaps. It's where the young chaps meet other young chaps and they go through the system together and those chaps go on to the Bank of England, the boards of like major petrochemical industries or... Right, or so the they government. all look the same, yes. right? They're all cut out of the same mould. They come from the same genetics. They come from the same wealthy families. They all know each other. And so they live in this little bubble. And Well, they're probably all Masons as well. It's, 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 you know, they're in the right clubs. They're moving in the right social circles. They all have... Right, hmm. and they've got a job in Daddy's law, law firm as did soon you, as they leave university. Did you like how my voice took on a cultured tone when I was talking about my betters? Ah, aping your betters. Mm. Mm. So, but that was Labor knew. Labor knew that you could you could sound like a Westie or a Bogan, but you had to be able to back it up intellectually. You had to be able to stand in front of the crowd and sway them with arguments. That you had to know your classical history. That you had to know how to. Speak. You had to know how to speak at all levels of society. Well, I think the value of a public school education is that you get to meet people from all levels of society. Yes. And the value of a, a university education is that, again, you get to meet people from all levels of society if the fees are low. Yes. So a melting pot is useful in genetics and it's also useful for ideas. But when you 
have a monoculture, any monoculture, whether it's a monoculture of uh, biology, a monoculture of crops, a monoculture of anything, mm. uh, what you get is weakness. Well, it's, it's prone to being wiped out. That's right. That's what it is. Well, that's weakness. That's a lack of a lack of diversity means weakness. So, so we knew this with um, and um, oh, Godwin's law is about to be well had it. The, the Hitler, the the, the, the great ah, Godwin's law. Yeah, we're forty minutes into recording and Godwin's law has come but out. The, the master race was was the lie, you know, where we, where we can breed our way to greatness. You know, with the master race. Yes, well, that, people had just sort of got the hang of genetics at that point, and they, you know, they well, didn't realise they that... were onto it. They, they, they actually did create um, a master race of sorts. But what, what we learned though was alloys will always be stronger than pure metals. You need alloys. Well, you, you need, need to mix. You need variety. You, you need, need the mix. You need the mix because suddenly you come to a crisis and you don't have enough variety. Mm. to get yourself through and i'd like to i'm going to say it again that's another topic and and i'm i'd would like to do immigration fairly early on with this um this experiment we have going at the moment and i, I think it that one that one will be a um probably a couple of sessions because we we've seen that rise again you know we've gone from being a, a nation that welcomed all comers I don't think we welcomed all comers ever. I in, think in, officially we welcomed all covers, but comers, but actually, yeah. in my experience, no. Well, we welcomed certain all comers. They had to be, well, basically white. White. Yeah, from England. the right countries. Yes. Um, English speaking, preferable. Yes. Um, English, English were bet best. Mm. Scottish might and Irish might be tolerated, Americans not so much, and then anyone from Europe was a Dago or well, a Wog or a Wop. Well, the Germans a... did come out here. They did. Um, they did. Very industrious people. They are. Mm. I happen to have a bit of German in myself. Mm. Mm. Left arm, right arm? Little finger, perhaps. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. I'm, I'm a bit of a mixture. It's hard to tell. I'm a bit like a marble cake, really. Mm. The best you could say of my genetics is mixed European. So, having said that, a lot of immigrants came to Australia. Many of them voted Labor because they knew it was important to have the safety nets in place. A lot of them had suffered under fascism. A lot of them had suffered under totalitarian governments. That's true. And had decided that the last thing they wanted to do in the new country, like a lot of Australians in the early days, the 1800s, the Eureka Stockade, a lot of those people had said, there's, there's nowhere else on earth we can run to. We, it has to stop here. So they fought... They fought for democracy, the boys. Well, egalitarianism. But originally the Eureka Stockade was about miners' rights, surely, I thought. Mm. Mm. It was. But the majority of the men fighting were actually all foreign-born. There was only, I think there was only one, one Australian-born person killed in that, that uh, fight. But it, um, but it, was, it was those stories. When, when we tell stories, we have a national story. We do have a story. And... We've always looked back on our, our history with pride, and I think that's taken a bit of a battering lately. You know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, which also popped up during the coronavirus crisis, yeah, the ongoing coronavirus crisis, um, has sort of given us that that view of history of thinking, well, you know, maybe some of the pioneers of our past who we've venerated weren't exactly nice people at all. No, but any student of history could have told you that. Mm. And 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 really, the Black Lives Matter is just the the latest expression of uh, the race issue in America, which has been bubbling away for a long, long time. Again, politicised. 
It's always politicised. Always politicised. Okay, so you have, you have a situation where you have the LNP on one side, Labor on the other, and Labor are trying to be all things to all men. Yes, I'm not sure that Labor and tech, Labor are actually on the other side to the LNP a lot of the time. Hmm. I, I think a lot of the time Labor and LNP are on one side and the Greens are on the other. As I, I said earlier, we, we're witnessing at the moment what I believe, my, my opinion, um, a celebration of mediocrity in politics right now. It's become bureaucratised. That's the thing. Because a career politician is a bureaucrat. Hmm. Instead of coming in from outside as a... You know, as a politician, uh, standing for office, someone who has uh, had a life outside politics. We now have a lot of these career politicians. All they've ever done was they were in the Young Liberals, they were in Young Labor, they've gone through various offices, worked their way up as staffers, and then finally they run for office and they get pre-selected because they know the right people. Mm. They've never done anything real in their lives. They've never been on the dole. They've never been broke. They've never been out in the hurly-burly of a workplace where the boss is a bastard and you've had to fight for your rights. Mm. They've never done any of that. And so that gets reflected in the politics, that they have no ticker. But that, that surely comes back to the parents who didn't want their children to go through that. I mean, not, I didn't want my children to go through that, and I fought very hard. Over the years. No, no, no. It doesn't come back to the parents. It comes back to the pre-selection process. So you still need your staffers. You still need people university trained. And, and there's, there's going to be that percentage. So what you're saying is that there's a high percentage of people who've come through who've never really had that real-life labour experience. That's which right. Which was so traditionally valued. That's right. He, was, you know, I mean, he, he shoveled coal on the ships, you know. he. Um, yes. So know, he knows what workers... He stacked boxes, you know. Stacked boxes, did you know, whatever. Cut cane, just, yeah, the whole... Right, so yeah. that narrative. Mm. But there's real, real value in having that experience. So the, the zenith of that would be Rudd in my book. There's a guy, fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. A, a phrase I've never heard uttered or uttered myself. Bill Shorten's another one, though. And Bill Shorten's another Cut one. Cut from the same cloth. Cut from the same cloth. Clever men. Very clever men. Very well educated, um, I'm sure. But there's something missing, and, and they, they call it in show business the X factor. Mm. They don't have the X factor. Mm. They can't stir hearts and minds. Now, Hawkey, for all his flaws... Could grab you. Could grab you. And take you on a journey. He Follow had me. a personality. He had a story. A story, right? He was also uh, the zeitgeist at that, that time, you know, like the, the, the winning of America's Cup, you know, Australia coming to the forefront of the stage. And we touched on this. It, he, he rode that wave. He was the man the time it didn't hurt that the drought broke when he got elected that really did help yes yes so it can't just be charisma though because the charisma is an important part of the of the process and suddenly labor are pre-selecting people with no charisma none would you say keating had charisma yes of sorts no no um to me, charisma doesn't mean necessarily that you're liked. Because, because Trump Keating, has charisma. Keating was, oh, God. Yeah. Right? You Keating, remember him. 
Keating was the sort of bloke you wouldn't invite round. You couldn't see him wearing a singlet and going barefoot at a barbecue and holding a beer in each hand and a, you know, kiss the cook, you know, T-shirt or... Is that, is that charisma? No, but charisma to me is all things for men. You know, men look at you and want to be like you and women look at you and want to have the babies. I don't think that's what charisma is. Hmm. Any minister has, any minister has that, right? Any government minister has that pleasant demeanour. So I would come back to then if it's not charisma, is it vision? Well, vision is, a, is, a, is another KPI that we're not selecting for anymore. Neither the LNP nor Labor are doing it, and even the Greens aren't doing it either. They're not selecting for charisma. They're not selecting for vision. They're not selecting for courage. Courage is a big one. Not one of those things. It, the, the terror of making a mistake seems to be the overriding factor in most politicians. Well, you know, I mean, and then they're kicking on, on, you know, the LNP are kicking on goals. I wanted to bring this one up because this is a recent one. So Minister Colbeck is the Minister for Federal Minister for Aged Care. And so he's in front of a Senate inquiry today or yesterday. And they asked him, how many people in aged care have died of COVID-19? And they asked him, how many residents currently have COVID? He did not know those numbers off the top of his head. They were not front of his mind. He was wanting to look up a report. He doesn't care. He doesn't care, and that's an own goal for any politician. Because mm. any so he's not, he's not on top of his brief, is what I'm hearing. He's not on top of his he brief. Doesn't but care. bureaucrats don't have to be on top of their briefs mm. because they can always look it up. Hmm. Because I've had some experience with the bureaucrats. They can always take questions on notice. They can always look it up. They have always can get an extension for their report. Mm. Right? There's no time pressure at all, unless the minister decides there's time pressure. Mm. Yes, it's a, a very protected world because in the world of um, industry that I came from, you'd better be on top of your brief when the manager asks you questions. That's right. You need to know that. You need to know that. And you imagine in private enterprise... And if you stand there going, oh, oh I'll, I'll get back know. to you, and I don't know. Can you imagine? You get the sack that week. Um, you're, yes, you would go from your shiny leather seat and big desk to shoveling something horrible in the heat or the cold or the dust very quickly, yes. Very quickly. Yes. Yeah, so we have, we have that situation where we've come I want to come back on the full circle on this one the Albanese thing mm. you used to like Albanese I did see I always liked Bowen because I thought Bowen had that bit of mongrel in him you know that, that bit of Keating mongrel because we're looking for that I think Chris Bowen yeah 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 And but I don't think I don't know if Bowen's got the bloody capacity the intellectual capacity to pull it off he may be he may surprise us all he may be a very smart man but I'm, I'm just not seeing it I'm not seeing you don't it. have to be smart to make it in politics, no, Trump is... No, we've seen that. You know, <laughs> Palmer! You know. Well, there is that too. All apparently, Please all you explain, have to do you know. is put up a billboard on the Bruce Highway and off you go. Yes. Yes. Away you go. Mm. So, elbow. Mm. Elbow! Mm. That's a, you know, that's a, a worker's term, you know, and, and, and scomo, you know, what is it with the O's? It's all the O's, isn't it? Oh, well, Hanzo, you know. Hanzo, Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's an Keto, Australian thing. You know? It's an Australian thing. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone would have dared call Paul Keating keto. Not to his face. No. He wouldn't have discouraged it, and among the rank and file, because it's you know it shows familiarity. You know, he's a he's a man of the people. 
Mm, I don't think he wanted to be a man of the people. Oh, of course not. But politically, he was a man of the people. <laughs> you know, we all polish our French clocks of a night when we're sitting at home, you know, listening to classical, classical music. music. Yes, as, yes, as one does. You know, because we aspire to be better. Yes, he did aspire to be better, and that was good. Mm. That was part of his charisma, though. That was part of what made him memorable. He was real. Real. He, he was all that and still a champion of the working classes. That's right. Elbow. Elbow. What do we know about Elbow? Anthony Albanese. I don't know a lot about Elbow, to be honest. Mm. But I liked, I liked what I saw of him in the early days. He, he seemed to have a bit of fire and he's been damped down. He, he was all over the, speaking of fires, he was all over the fires like a bad rash. He was. Um, but the trouble is, they can be all over the fires like a bad rash and they don't get any publicity because... Rupert. Rupert. Hmm. Bloody Rupert. But he was there and he was on the ground. He, he just couldn't get ground. traction though. He couldn't get traction. Hmm. Yeah. And why couldn't he get traction? Because he hasn't got the mongrel. I don't think he was he actually... he doesn't have the mongrel. He wasn't calling out, where is our Prime Minister? Yes. Where is our part-time Prime Minister on full-time pay? Do you remember the volunteer firefighter? Oh, from Nellingen. What's from his... Nellingen. Gary, Gary from Nellingen, I think it was, wasn't it? Who roared up in his... In his... I don't remember the exact words, but he roared up in his volunteer firefighting truck and said some very rude things about the Prime Minister. Yeah. As I recall. I, I recall several people not wanting to shake our Prime Minister's hand, which was, um, well, a tradition that's going on even this week. We, we saw um, a returned veteran not wanting to do the elbow bump with our Prime Minister. Yes, well, why would you? Well, you know, one, one has standards, I suppose, about who you want you to be might, seen with. You might have standards, I don't. Oh, I've got standards about who I want to shake hands with, yes. Yes, well, you're not allowed to shake hands with anyone at the moment, so I'm doing the wave. Oh, this was a, this was a bump. This was the elbow bump. The elbow bump, which is mm. stupid. And it was still, it was still. No one likes the elbow bump. Oh no! The elbow bump is dumb. It's dumb. No one likes it. It fulfills a need for those of us that need tactile, you know, touch sensation to you know to show that we've got connection. Yeah, for those of us who are, you know, to use a term loosely, huggers. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, I know, right? So I, I realise... Who does that? It's disgusting. Uh, you know, but I realise that people, you know, like yourself, non-huggy type people, you know, the get away from me, do you freak, don't touch me type people, are kind of currently loving this particular crisis. You see variety? Weren't we talking about variety? A crisis comes in, variety is how you get through it. The people who don't like touching people are the ones who will live. <laughs> We're the ones who will live. But will it be worth living? Sure, you're alive, but will it be worth it? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. All the chocolate in the world for me. That's good. Oh. Hmm. No, I can see that. You can see that? Now, elbow. 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 Help him out. Give, give a brother a helping hand here in him. What does elbow need to do? He needs to go on the attack about our part-time prime minister. What? Sure. What? And this brings us back rather neatly to what, what would Keating do? Keating would tear him a new asshole, to coin a phrase. Every minute of the day. Every minute of the day. And what's happened to Question Time? Oh, that's right. We don't have a parliament. We don't have a parliament anymore because we're drifting into fascism, yeah. roughly. I, I, I do I do note that uh, none of those people are on JobKeeper or JobSeeker, even though they've been stood down from their full-time job. 
Well, the rest of us are running our running our businesses and our groups and our committees and everything on Zoom. Mm. Parliament could run on Zoom. And thus earn the wages that we're paying them. That Precisely. Would, that would be nice. But it, but help help a brother out though, Anna. Seriously. If if you if you were an advisor to Anthony Albanese right now. Yeah. You'd be whispering in his ear every day. I'd tell him to shut the fuck up. Elbow. Yep. Because you don't want to inherit this. Oh, mess. you don't want. That's right. So, yeah. Let them kick their own goals. Let Minister Colbeck and his ilk fall on his face because he doesn't know how many people currently have COVID in aged care. I come back to. Well, if they're kicking own goals like that, why would you bother? I just. You could just sit on your ass, and they'll just disintegrate. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there because we, we've nearly reached the hour mark on our very first discussion. We've covered a wide range of... But has the level of disgust of the general populace in Australian politics driven people away from even caring anymore about politics? No one cares about politics anymore. We're too comfortable. We're far too comfortable. Or disgusted? No, no one's disgusted. No one cares anymore because... I think think this could be the topic of the next show. And I I want to drag this one on because my take on it is I... I physically cannot sit in front of the commercial network news. Anymore. No, I can't do it. I, can't I do couldn't it. do it for years. The ABC news is now turning into an LNP um, broadcast, basically. You know? It is. Uh, and no hard it's questions. A sad, it's a sad case where the, big, the best political commentary on the ABC is Sean McAuliffe, which is supposed to be a comedy show. It's um, Or Charlie from Charlie Pickering from the, um, the Weekly, I think, was the other one that was the only other voice. Yeah. Sort of crying in the wilderness. They've just sacked Emma Alberici, who was the best reporter they had. Arguably the best reporter they had, yes. Um, at 7.30 report, Lee Sales, you know... when Gone she's soft. When she's on, she's great. When she but when she gets on her knees and kisses ass, it's it's sickening to watch. It's it's not good. Well, she's been giving her given her orders. So too. so people people are getting their news from Facebook and YouTube. Now we've got a problem, which is horrifying. But and, true. And to a lesser extent, Twitter. Mm, I guess I use Twitter for breaking breaking news, I suppose. Mm. But I don't use it for mm, deep discussion. So. But you've got to understand the regular populace doesn't do Twitter. But they've walked away. I think they've walked away. From politics altogether. I think they've just had enough. They're they, too, they're, they're too I think, comfortable. I think, no, I think they've thrown their hands in the air and just said, this is, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, we can't fix this. We can't do anything about it. What are you going to do? Nothing. I'm going to ask the question, what would Keating do? He'd get back to grassroots, get back to the rank and file and start movements around the country. Shorten did this and I thought it was a very good move. The, the town hall... The meetings, yeah. And he, the meetings had, to his credit, had the guts to face up to community. Yes. Around Australia. Yeah. To put himself out there in a public forum. That's an old labour. That's an old labour tactic. True. Right? Go out there and bang the drum, bring them in. Yep. Hecklers, the faithful, you know, the diehards, the rusted-ons, the haters, bring them all in. And then argue your policies, argue your point, share your vision, drive that vision home. Hone it. What vision, though? Shorten never had a vision. Other than to get to the lodge. That's it. That's not a vision. But they had policies. Yeah, but the, 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 
I, I know, I know, I know. But they at least they had a vision pathetic through their policies. Pathetic, piss poor po- policies. I can't say that. Pathetic, piss poor policies. There we are. Hmm. Say that twenty times when you've had a vodka in you. Hmm. They they are policies with no vision. They are sad little policies that advance progress by a millimetre. I'm, I'm gonna, and why bother? I'm going to bring this to a close with this final question, though. Mm. And, and this touches back on where we sort of started from. If people have walked away... Yes. And if Labor doesn't win the next election... When they don't win the next election. Oh, but anyway. And, and it'll be interesting to see um, if, if history proves right. But just the... My big concern is another unfettered reign of terror from the right wing of Australian politics. It's, it's what, you're, what you're doing is called the pirate victory. You know, if I can't win, then let's just burn the whole thing down. No one wins. That's what worries me. Well, no one's going to win anyway. Mm, so Global forces are just going to roll all over us and there'll be nothing we can do. Oh, the environment. Here we go again. It's not the environment I'm talking about. Ah, there's a massive energy transition that's going to completely transform our economies. That's There's a massive automation uh, transition, which is also going to completely transform our economies. Uh, there's a massive uh, artificial intelligence revolution, Q Skynet, which will massively <laughs> transform our economies. So, you know, I'm middle-aged, I'm 45, I'm looking down the barrel of living in some dystopian bunker by the time I'm 90. Potentially. Mm, I don't want to do that. Mm. Mm. It's, we're, we're back to, though, that vision. There's none. There is none at the moment. Well, how can you bring people along with you if you have no vision? That's what other a leader than, does. Other than to give money to billionaires and corporations. Well, a leader, a good leader. You think about good leaders throughout history, have a not, vision. Not managers, good leaders. Leaders. Right, not managers, leaders, mm. right? Military leaders, for instance. We are going to conquer Persia, hmm. you know? We're going to make the world our own. Remember the Alamo. Remember the Alamo. No, that's not really a vision, is it? That's not really a vision. Well, it was a good motto. It was you know, a motto. For mum, apple pie and, you know, I don't know. Freedom. Well, it'll be freedom. America, freedom. America. Yeah. You know? So you need something. The time. Time is now. We will fight them on the beaches. Very good. Leaders. Leaders. So I would come now, back to... Now, that was an impossible vision at the time. We were going to beat, beat yeah. the Nazis. That was impossible. And they did it because they had a leader and a vision. I, and, and again, I, I think if Hitler had actually looked at what happened that day at Dunkirk, where ordinary men and women got into their boats mm. and sailed into the jaws of hell... They did it again at the bushfires. And they did it again and again and again. But we still do that. And we, we did it again at that. the bushfires. And we did it at the bushfires. Right. And I've got a horrible feeling we're going to be doing that again later this year. And enough of that. And enough ordinary people touched by trauma like that. And they will say, well, hang on a minute. I did my bit. And it was just last year. And where does this smirk in a suit get off? A smirk in a suit? A smirk in a suit get off. Well, Being actually, paid a fortune to be a, a part-time leader. 
He actually got called the simp this week by Bill Shorten, who, who did channel his inner Keating a little bit, which I thought was quite good. Oh, Bill's got this thing called zingers. Remember that? Yeah, zingers. but this wasn't a zinger. This was actually, no, this I was think, actually I quite think, good. I, I think Bill's got the shits, actually. Well, that's and that's what you want. Ticker. Ticker. Oh, well, yeah. he doesn't have much of that. Or at least he, does, no, he doesn't express it. It flares. It must flare occasionally. It must flare occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. So, to finish up... Mm. We're talking about a man that uh, history will judge kindly or unkindly, depending on which side of politics you sit on. That's true. But he had ticker. Certainly had courage. True. Was a manager and a leader. Still alive, you know. He's still alive. No, it was. When I, I'm talking about his political career. His oh, political, political career, career is dead, you know. Yes. And, uh, and, and we, and we, but not so dead that we don't remember it fondly with some fondness because that was a time when... Our bloke was standing at the front, sticking it to the Bunyip aristocracy. Well, it wasn't, you know, I was a bit younger than you, so it wasn't so much our bloke at the time, but God damn it was entertaining. Question time was worth listening to. Yes. Question time was worth, there were always excerpts on the evening news. You, you had to be across your brief because he would have shredded you. That's right. Yes. Shredded you into tiny little That's pieces. That's right. So you had to know your stuff. You had to be that, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the final... Finalise, got to have ticker, courage, heart, and a vision. That's it. Easy as. And right now you're saying sit on your hands, Labor. I'm saying sit on your hands. So I'm going to invite anyone who's listened to this. Hello, Mum, I think is what I would normally put in there. But, but I'd, I'd be interested to see who does. I would actually ask the question. If, if this is on a podcast and we have comments, I would actually ask you, what would, would Keating, Keating do? do?